0: Hello? You play to win the game.
1: Let's go to eat a g- damn snack. We're taking receipts, and I can't wait to shove it down everyone's throat when it comes around. No question about it, I am ready to get hurt again. Welcome, everybody, to episode
0: number 44 of the Batter Jets Fans Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada, and alongside me is usually Mr. Bearded Fanatic, but today we have a Batter Jets fan. A lot less beard, but a lot more jets. So, how are you doing, Mr. Randy Oz?
1: Uh, I'm doing well, man. Trying to, you know, get that taste of that Cowboys game out of my mouth, and looking forward to this big rivalry game. You know, you're looking to go two and zero in the division this week, baby. Let's go! Yeah,
0: man. That, that's the hope. And I think going into the season, I think most people would have been okay at one and one by the end of the first two weeks, right? Everybody's sure. kind getting used to each other, and Rogers getting used to the offense. So we aren't necessarily in a really bad spot yet. But this week coming up with the Patriots, I think that. If we lose this game, then everybody starts to worry. But before we get into that, there are a couple of things that I wanted to touch on before we get into the Patriots. First one being, I don't know if you've been hearing all this criticism that our DBs have been getting. Now, everybody's criticizing Sauce and DJ Reed and that they should be following the receivers. Now, I think that it's kind of unwarranted because... Unfortunately, Sauce doesn't get to choose whether he goes and follows their top receiver. He doesn't choose if they're playing man-to-man or zone defense. So I think it's a little unwarranted. Kind of curious, what do you think about all the crap that the DBs have been hearing from the critics on Twitter or X or whatever the hell you call it?
1: Oh, it's it's absolutely unwarranted. It's it's like I said in one of my podcasts. Uh, I think it was just the recent one I just released.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Real quick, before you keep going, uh, I forgot to, to tell you to, to plug that real quick. Randy does have his own uh, podcast, One Jets Pod. Uh, I think on Twitter, it's One Jets Pod also, correct?
1: Uh, no, on Twitter, I got it's my old handle. It's the gridiron underscore grit. I'm not big of a Twitter guy. I'm more on Instagram, which you can see okay. on the screen, or on YouTube. You just, you know, One Jets Pod.
0: So, okay, just want to make sure that everybody got that out there. So make sure to give him a follow. All right, go ahead. Appreciate
1: buddy. it. Uh No, uh, it's, uh, it's very unwarranted. It's like I said, one of my shows, and just like you just stated, um Sauce doesn't get to pick where he goes. He's always on the outside. So whatever receiver is on the outside, that's who he's matching up. And C.D. Lamb, throughout that game, a lot of his stuff came out in the flats on the outside, or he was in the slot. And I think – Oh, God, I think it was like two or three times he matched up with Sauce throughout the game. And, uh, and, yeah, and, and he
0: was targeted once with Sauce on him, and Sauce had to pass the deflection in that one place, suppose. But...
1: There you go. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are just looking at that yardage and they're thinking automatic, oh, that's on Sauce, and when they didn't even watch the game, clearly. So I, I, I'm 100% with you, man. It's unwarranted. It's bullcrap. People need to watch the, all 22 or watch the, or actually go back and watch the game. Or watch the game. Yeah, and you'll see. I mean, it's like you said, Sauce doesn't get to pick where he wants to go, but I blame this all on the coaching. You know, they, they should have they should have known better. Wherever C.D. Lamb goes, you put your best corner on him.
0: I agree. And um, it, it also goes to uh, everybody wants to see Sauce feel so bad for some reason. It's like the people posting, oh, 11 receptions, 143 yards, like all on Sauce. Like that's not the case. That's not how it happened. And I think Sauce would be up for the challenge. But – I saw a Dallas Cowboys fan say, why wouldn't Dallas kind of strategize to keep him away from sauce? Which I I'm, I agree. Right. If I'm with the Dallas Cowboys, of course, CeeDee Lamb is my playmaker. Let's keep you away from sauce and let you beat up on, on these linebackers or safeties that they got over you. A safety matched up against CeeDee Lamb is a loss. And we oh. had that for a couple of plays. Yep. So it's, it's a loss. So I give credit to the Cowboys. Like you said, who I blame? I blame the coaching staff mm-hmm. because if people are scared of Sauce and moving their best players away from him, then you got to make sure that he gets covered by Sauce no matter where he moves. Like Rivas used to. So
1: I mean, brings- the coaching staff basically played. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, go no, ahead. The, the the coaching staff basically played right into the Cowboys' game plan. I mean, it was pitiful. I was sitting here watching. I, it was me, three other Jets fans, and a Cowboys fan. He's just snickering. I'm just looking. I'm like, dude, we're playing right into your hands. He's like, I know, and I love it. Oh, dude, it was horrible.
0: It was, and this this had me thinking about something that happened last year. I don't know if you remember. Uh, it was like week three, maybe week three, week four, where Quinn and Williams had a blow up on the sideline yeah. because he said that they needed to stop blitzing. We can get yeah. home. Stop blitzing. And I felt like that was the changing point for the defense last year. They listened to him. They stopped blitzing. The front force kept getting pressure, but all of a sudden we had more people defending the pass. And our defense completely changed. And that blow-up was needed. Even though it looked almost unprofessional, it was needed. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we need something like that in front of the cameras, but I think Sauce and DJ Reed and these guys need to put some pressure. Trust us. Go ahead and tell the coach, trust us, because maybe the way Quentin Williams asked them to trust them Maybe the DB should do something similar because if we can start playing man and let these guys take away their playmakers, that, that's a feather in our hat. I think that that's going to go a long way into helping us out. So I'm kind of just wondering, maybe Sauce, maybe they're a little young to be doing stuff like that, but Quinn Williams is also young. But I, I hope that something like that happens because that, we need help somehow because people right. are going to keep their best players away from Sauce.
1: To be honest with you, I look at this this class and this generation of talent that we have on this team, Danny, is they don't they don't adhere to the norms. They don't they don't care about the past. They don't care about what you have to say. They don't care about you know what people have done in the past. We're going to do things our way, you know. And if that means I got to step up and be a leader at 22 years old, and so goddamn be it. And and I yeah. see that in Garrett Wilson. I see that in Sauce Garner. And I sure as hell see that in uh, Quinn and Williams. And and yeah that's why I, I'm really hoping these guys really pan out and they see that second contract because these are our core guys these are the guys that you build around that's why I'm really hoping Zach Wilson can can you know just develop into being even if he's just you know average average dude top average. 15 top 16 I'll take that's it, it. Middle build of the a pack. line yeah build a line around him you know give him this core this core unit you know and, and and hopefully he can develop into a leader as well I mean you got it from all sides I mean that's That's the kind of team that Joe Douglas is trying to build, and and I see it in these guys. So if they got to step it up right now, I could totally see him doing it.
0: I agree. And now that you brought up the young guys, I did want to talk about Brees Hall real quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brees Hall kind of went to social media about the four carries he got. Now I do think that Brees Hall should have gotten more play, especially when he was being effective. But what do you think about Brees Hall saying that the what the offense was lacking was him getting the ball more? Because I thought that that's kind of weird for him to come out and say that. Like we killed Elijah Moore for that last year, but we're not really killing Brees for it
1: this year. Right. And I, I think it's because we were winning? Not only that, but Elijah behind the scenes was more of a I don't know, he's just like a he seemed like a memey guy. He's you know, willing to throw anybody under the bus. What I see in Brees Hall's comments is like, look, dude. And, and, and are we allowed to curse on this show?
0: Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Okay. I'm a bad motherfucker. <laughs> okay, I'm the next Adrian Peterson if you fucking treat me that way. Give me the rock 25 30 times a game, especially in this game with the weather. Run it down their throats cuz this is a guy that don't care about first contact. I've seen this guy bounce off dudes and when he gets in that second level, second level, it's nothing but beep beep see you later, bye. And so I have no I have no issue with the comments. I didn't really see him throw anybody under the bus. It's just basically say, "Hey, we struggled because I didn't get the rock. You've seen yeah. what I can do. You've seen me, basically. You've seen me carry this team. I carried Zach Wilson to wins, man. Along, you know, pairing me up with this defense. 100%. Like, come on. Yes. So 100%. I, I, I'm okay with what he said, as long as it doesn't dip into the Elijah Moore territory like we got last last season, especially yeah. if we're winning.
0: I I I. I... If you you have to say stuff like that, kind of like what I'm telling you, I want Sauce and and DJ Reed to do. So I, I want them to do it. I just prefer them to do it behind closed doors. Sure, that, that opens a whole perspective that everybody's like, oh, because when that happens, then people start talking about the team in a negative way. And if they mm-hmm. lose to the Patriots, all of a sudden the world is ending because like Immediate he's complaining, invites complaining. all that negative media in. So, I totally right, agree. so yeah. so I think that that's a bad look, but. I agree, and I think that now that he brought that up and it has been a story, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 25, 30 carries this game coming up.
1: I'm 100% with you. All right.
0: And then for all those carries, let's get into the last point before we talk about the Patriots. The offensive line. They said no changes coming this Sunday. Now, how do you feel about, one, Dwayne Brown, and two, how the offensive line has looked in general for these people to say, or for for the front office to say, or Salah to say, that they're not changing anything about the offensive line this Sunday.
1: Yeah. uh, Not a big Dwayne Brown fan. I'm going to be frank with you, man. He's what, what, 39 years old, going to be 40? I believe so, yeah. The dude sucks.
0: (laughs) He doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, uh uh-huh.
1: I mean, I don't know what we were – I mean, maybe I was seeing it wrong. I mean, some people, a few people pointed out maybe I did. But from what I saw, it seemed like they had him out there on an island with Parsons, man, it felt like, that what's, way. Uh, well, what's going on? And then, and then we decide to run it to that side most of the time. And I'm like, well, we proved Monday night if we can run behind ABT and Becton, all Brees Hall needs to do is get you know make that first miss. And like I said, beep, beep, see you later, bye, man. It's gone. So I mean, I'll give Dwayne Brown this week. I mean, if he doesn't show, I mean, if he continues to show that he's a turnstile. At this point, I don't know why you wouldn't activate Mac Mitchell and start him. I mean, because he be, could he be any worse? Okay, I really well, don't see who could be I'm, worse than Dwayne. Brown. I'm glad you
0: brought that up because you're the first person that brings that up outside of me, and I'm glad that you did because that that's what I've been saying. If it were up to me, I would move Makai Beckton to the left tackle. Okay. I would bring Joe Titman. and even though we drafted him as a, a second round, and I look, I, I'm a big Joe Douglas fan, as you can see, right? Same, but. For you to draft a first round pick and a second round pick and combine your first round pick and your second round pick through the first two games of the season, mm-hmm. get 13 snaps, that's, that, that, that's, come on. It's not due yeah. to injury. It's just, it's unacceptable. It's what it right. is. Right. Because you want first and second round picks to be impactful, especially if you're a win now team. But, but I digress. The offensive line, I think I would move Matt, uh, Joe Titman out to left guard, because I also think Tomlinson has been playing poorly. But right. oh, yeah. Or I would move him to right guard, and I'd move um, AVT to left guard. I'd move Mekhi Beckton to left tackle, and I'd put Max Mitchell at right tackle. I like what I saw from Max Mitchell in, in the little bit of t- time that he played last year. Sure, now, when
1: healthy, I liked it too, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and it can't be any worse than, what, like you said, when we are getting with Dwayne Brown, put Mekhi Beckton at left and put Max Mitchell at right. Like I don't understand why Max Mitchell hasn't been brought up as an option. I mm-hmm. think that he would be serviceable. Is he going to be a pro bowler? No, all pro? No, but I think he did well enough last year where he can hold his own in the right tackle.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I got no problem with what you just said. I mean, you got to do whatever you can. I mean, overall, I mean, if, when you really really divided between pass blocking and run blocking, this this line's definitely heavy favor in the run blocking department, and that's why I want to see them run the ball more, especially now with Zach in the game. Yeah. Um, But I got no problem doing whatever it takes to beef up the pass blocking area. So I'm totally on board with everything you just said.
0: Uh, and I see a lot of people saying throw AVT at right tackle. I'm not a big fan of that. Mm. AVT played right tackle like once or twice last year. I thought yeah. he played okay, but he's a true guard. I don't want to start experimenting with him out of tackle. Like if, if they do it, I'm not necessarily completely against it, but I like to just give him my guard. I want him and Makai Beckton to stay on the same side, whether it be the right or the left, and hopefully they can grow together.
1: Sure, I mean, if this was year one of sala, then i I got no problem, but we're going to year three. We're winning now There's no no need for experiments this ain't a lab this ain't a lab anymore this is this, right. this is go time
0: exactly all right, so now about go time, so we got the Patriots fourteen game losing streak haven't beat them since that overtime game in December back in twenty fifteen where we won, and at that point we put ourselves in a position that all we had to do was beat the bills and we're in you know. and we know how that ended up
1: oh yeah but but. <laughs>
0: That was the last time we beat them, 2015, and uh, here we are. I think that before we get into what we think needs to happen, I feel like this is a must win. And to say that week three sounds almost ridiculous. But after losing Aaron Rodgers and the situation that we have with Zach Wilson in which the fan base isn't sure, he might be in his own head and even his teammates might be trying to kind of like, hey, we support you, we support you. If he has another showing like he had last year against the Patriots, I think the fan base immediately loses face. I think the team starts losing face. And writing a two-game losing streak where you know that you barely beat the Bills, because I know we said, oh, well, we handled Josh Allen. but We still barely won. Right. And and then going into Kansas City, oh, well, Kansas City coming home. But regardless, we're playing against Kansas City. Then you have the Broncos and then the Eagles. This is, I feel like, as must-win as a Week 3 game can get. What do you think?
1: I mean, I'm totally in agreement. <clears throat> I mean, this is this is like a statement game, especially after that Cowboys game. It's like, hey, are the Jets for real? I mean, yeah, it was the Cowboys, but then you can't lose to the Cowboys and then go and lose to the 0-2 Patriots. I also look at it as a must win because of what Sala said on hard knocks. The easiest pass to the playoffs was winning your division. To go up 2-0 in the division this early, yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be huge. Especially – and you shouldn't – the Patriots in the 0 and three. You send the Patriots to 0 and three. I think you're gonna start hearing the rumblings of oh, it's Bill Belichick. I mean, I think the media will start attacking them. I think that'll be a big distraction for him. So I would yeah. love to send, you know, start, be be part of the te- you know, the reason why that team would hit a, a downward spiral.
0: I agree. I agree. But and if Zach Wilson plays poorly, could you imagine like if people are killing him right now for the Cowboys game? And I think he played well the Cowboys game. I understand statistically, right? Mm -hmm. People that didn't watch the game, you watch this, you look at the stats. At that point, it was the fourth quarter. He was forcing things because they were down by so much. He was just trying to make a play. But if you watch the first three quarters, I thought he played well. He wasn't, a lot of times, he created his own pressure, right? Because he would constantly scramble out of the pocket way too quickly and run into a defensive end. Yeah. he, He wasn't looking down the field. He'd give up on the play and start using his legs. He's been staying in the pocket well. He's been stepping up into the pocket. And when he was finally scrambling at the end of the first half, it's because he stepped into the pocket, found the hole, and took off. I think he played very well. I was really pleased with what I saw. Now, obviously, it wasn't Pro Bowl-level games that he's been showing so far. Sure. But I was happy with it. And I think he would have hit Gary Wilson in the corner for a touchdown if uh, I forgot out who it was that got a hand on it. But he had a pass right before the, the first, end of the first half. Where he let it go, and I think Garrett Wilson was open enough where he was gonna hit him for another touchdown, and then obviously he hit the uh got the ball hitting out of his hand and uh and almost got picked off. But I think for the most part, he's played well. What do you think of how Zach Wilson has played and what the reaction will be if they don't win and he plays subpar?
1: Oh yeah, I mean I I I'm not a I was never a Zach Wilson guy. I really had to talk myself into when when I realize that that's the direction we're going with the pick, I had really had to talk myself into it. Um, but I'd be naive to tell you that I don't see improvement. So we're definitely yeah. seeing the Aaron Rodgers effect. The one thing he's really got to work on, uh, it's holding on to that ball too long. I think he's really got to trust Garrett. Garrett, Garrett's, he's just he's special. You know, I, I I don't care what people. Oh, he's young. I don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. He's just he's one of the, he's just one of them special talents. Yep. He's good at what he does. Yep. I mean, he plays at an all pro level now. So I'm just like, you gotta trust your guy. So if you see the slightest bit of open, get rid of the ball. You know, don't, don't, don't I I feel like he just held held on to it just a tad too long in a couple of those throws. And that's that's 12 points right there, man. And and, and I know he knew it because he came off the field thinking thinking because you, you could read his lips. That's a fucking touchdown. It's like, yeah, yeah. but you were a, a hair. Too late a on hair. that throw, yeah. man. Yeah, because
0: he a little, little sooner. Because Garrett Wilson had made that break, he left the cornerback in the dust, and he was yep. open. He was oh, open.
1: absolutely. And as far as you know, if if we lose this game, but you Zach you start Wilson looking in front of the, a replacement only, I, if he plays decent, and I mean doesn't give up any turnovers, but has a Zach Wilson type of game, I'm talking thirteen for twenty, you know, goes for a buck fifty can at least give you a touchdown or two. But even in a losing effort, I don't think the fan base will rip his head off. But if he goes out there and has a typical Zach Wilson versus the Patriots type game, oh, yeah, it's going to get real ugly. And I still don't mm-hmm. understand why we didn't go out and get a veteran backup. I was all over getting a guy like Carson Wentz if we had to. The Carson
0: Wentz is, supposedly so many people hate him in the locker whenever Whatever locker room he's in, people hate him.
1: That's I think what I Sol- hear. Salah's
0: trying to keep... You know, trying to keep a, a good locker room going. That's what I've heard. I don't know if it's true, but.
1: That is a fair point. And I was also willing to go the Colt McCoy route. Not so much for injury, but just. Could you, I mean, just to have two veterans like Colt McCoy and Aaron Rodgers in your ear. I mean, that can only benefit you, right?
0: You know what I was. Yeah. You know what I was thinking before last week. And obviously after what happened last week, is not going to happen anymore. But before last week's game, I was like, I wish Joe Douglas would just package like a second round pick, third round pick, whatever it takes, and go get Gardner Minshew.
1: Oh.
0: I've always loved Gardner Minshew. I don't know if it's Same. stash, the, the <laughs> mullet, something about him. I was like, and then when he plays, he plays well. I was like, mm-hmm. somebody like this would want to thrive in New York. It, it's, like, it's like a Ryan Fitzpatrick story all over again. Thrive in New York, and he has enough around him where he doesn't really have to do too much. Right. And I was like, man, this is the guy. Like, if Zach isn't the guy, let's go get him. But obviously, Anthony Richards went down. He ended up starting for the Colts. And I believe he ended up winning the game. So,
1: yep. So, I, yeah, I've I think been, that's not I've been a Gardner Mishu fan. I'm, I've always looked at him from afar and just like, man, not re- always, always kind of a backup, you know, kind of guy, but definitely a guy like you would you look at him. It's like, man, if, if my quarterback went down, I would have no problem with this guy, you know, coming in for two or three starts if he had
0: to. I agree. Yeah. I'm with you.
1: All
0: right. So let's get into the Patriots game. Uh, offensively, obviously, we need to run the ball more.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And I think what you said is, is the key. When I've seen, I, I watched the Patriots game last week against the Dolphins, and Tua's had, uh, his success came with releasing the ball quick. Like, it was like 2.07 seconds or something. Like It was three steps and letting it go. And Zach needs to do that, I think. Oh, yeah. Because we don't know about this O-line holding up. They got Judon, probably line him up in front of Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Brown and let him go to work. He needs to release the ball quickly, and they need to run the ball more effectively. Offensively, I think that's what it boils down to. Release the ball quickly and make sure you run the ball. Yep.
1: What about you? Oh, no, I'm, I'm 100% on board. I mean, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Let the defense do their thing. You know, I really hope I really hope the coaching staff learn from their mistakes out of that Dallas game. You know, what uh what's the running back in New England? Ramondre Stevenson. I think uh, he's the guy you, you gotta focus on. Um I think they're gonna especially with the weather, I think they're gonna lean heavily on him. I don't think they're gonna lean heavily on Mac Jones. But Mac Jones one of those guys, you know, if his running game gets going, he'll kill you with the play action. So Not not a big fan of the offensive line in New England, so I think that's a weak point. So I really think we can get after Mac Jones if we have to. Again, we don't have to blitz; just send four. You know, let's let's put everybody else in coverage and just you know let's let the defense do their thing and just like I said, run, run, run. Don't put this on Zach's shoulders. I said this before the Cowboys game, and yet they still had him almost throw it thirty times game. I know a lot of it was in that fourth quarter or whatever. But, I mean, come on, dude. Just run, run, run. Anytime you give Brees Hall four carries, I mean, you're just asking to lose the ball game.
0: I agree. And the Dolphins – not the Dolphins. The the Patriots offensive line, uh, it's been relatively injured. They had two guys come back last week, but they didn't look great. Mm -hmm. And I think that that they're still down one of their their normal starters. And the Dolphins, which don't blitz, sacked them four times last week. And their front isn't as strong as ours. Right. So I think that our defense, our defensive line, is going to have a big game this week. I do think that they should try to man these guys up. I really hope that we finally go out there and give Sauce and DJ the chance to do it because I'm sure that they've heard the talk, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that Sauce has also heard it and maybe gone up to talk to him. So I think defensively, I think we should be okay against this this Patriots offense, like we were last year. We should have won with that pick six and that <sighs> BS, uh, <laughs> you know, roughing the passer call. We're not going to get to that, but we should have won last year just based off of that. But um. I think that the key here is, one, get the ball out fast with Zach. Run the ball because I think defensively we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is make sure we get on top of them quickly. Reason right. being, the Patriots in two games have gone down early to the Dolphins and the, pa- uh, and the Eagles, but they make adjustments at halftime and then they play much better in the second half and almost come back in both of those games. Right. We need to make sure – that we take a healthy lead to start the game before Bill Belichick and his boys make those adjustments and all of a sudden change the game around in the second half. So oh, absolutely. I do think that jumping on them early is going to be very important. So hopefully we can get a quick, comfortable lead that we hold on to afterwards because from what I saw the first two games, the Patriots are looking a lot better in the second half than in the first half.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you if you can jump on them and, and jump on them early, I mean, you, you step on that throat and you don't let up. I mean, you apply that pressure. I mean, you put as many points onto the board as you can because it's like you said, they, they they can and have will can come back, and, and they've shown it. Yeah. I mean,
0: and, and, and Billichek
1: many... is one of those guys you don't want to let hang around because he will figure out a way to kick your ass for and sure. He, 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 I mean, he's shown he knows how to kick our ass over the last how many years. <laughs> so I'm sick yeah. of it. I'm tired of getting, getting my ass kicked by him. I'm tired of losing to that son of a bitch. So, however, you got to do it. I mean, just oh
0: just give it to him dude <laughs> well, I, the, I have um and by, by the way raheem Mostert, which isn't necessarily top of the league like you would consider running back ran for like 120 yards on 18 carries Priest hall wow. should have a good day um wow. before we get into predictions one thing i want to say i've been really happy with how optimistic jets have has been after aaron Rodgers got injured they've been really optimistic But if we lose this game against the Patriots, that all goes out the window. I'm pretty sure for the majority of the fan base. So I really hope that we can pull this off. All right, prediction time. Randy, what are we thinking? At home, one o'clock game. One of the few one o'clock games we have until like December. Yeah. What are you thinking?
1: Well, I kind of did the reverse psychology in my predictions on on our pickems, our weekly pickems on the page. I went with the Patriots only because if they somehow win, then at least, you know, I continue my lead my lead on there. But I think the Jets are going to win. I really do. I think it's going to be one of them because of the weather. I think it's going to be low scoring, to be honest with you. I can see something like 17-14, but I, could, I, I think the Jets are going to pull it out, especially if Brees Hall has a big day, man. If you get anything over 15 carries with Brees Hall, and let me say this. I don't want to see Dalvin Cook this week. He is in my doghouse, and I hope he's in Saul's doghouse. So you don't come, you don't fumble on my watch. Fuck that fumbling bullshit. I want to see, I want to see Michael Carter and Brees Hall. A nice, healthy dose.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm not down on Dalvin Cook quite yet, but I do want to see much more Brees Hall than Dalvin Cook. I oh, think yeah. Brees Hall has to eat this week. Um, so you, you haven't given me a score.
1: Uh, I'm thinking somewhere around 17, 14. If we go any higher, I could see 21, 17.
0: Okay, I'm more or less around there. Also, I think that we keep him at 10, though. I think that our defense will keep him at 10, and I think we put up, oh, I'd say three touchdowns. I nice. say 20, one defensive that doesn't get called back this time. So oh, that'd be great. 20 10 is what I'm saying. <laughs> Look, if he gets that pick six last week, that game is different. That that's oh, a, a different game right there.
1: That's a monkey on his back right now. Once once he gets a pick six, that's, that's it's coming right off, and I, I think you'll start seeing a little bit more of that from him. He just needs. I agree. It, I, oh man, did you see what they said to him after the Man, you got to learn how to catch that ball.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was rough. And he's like, "I was on the jug machine yesterday. I was like, yeah. it
1: worked. <laughs> nope, it didn't work."
0: All right, well, Randy, I really appreciate you taking the time to join. Uh, I us say us, join me this week. Uh, beautiful fanatic will be back uh, after when we were talking about the, the results of the game. Uh, and let everybody know one more time where they can catch you.
1: Yeah, man, you can catch me on Instagram. Like I said, it's right there on the screen. Or you can follow, uh, follow me on YouTube. Uh, it's one jets pod 1JP. Just uh, search right there in the search bar. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find us.
0: All right. Well, thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, hopefully we're both right on, on this because this is a game changer. What we want in the first six games, because the first six games are brutal, is at least at minimum go two and four. Three or three, I think, was always everybody's goal because the schedule kind of weakens up after that. But if we can't go three and three, at least two and four. But to get to at least two and four, you need this game. So, oh, yeah, big game coming up on Sunday. Looking forward to it. And uh, if you were listening on audio, thank you for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate it. Please five stars, comment, all that other good stuff. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And as always, have a good one. Oh, nope.